March is here, and it's glorious. You gotta love it! Drive and snaps! Oh, he's feeling it from the outside. The Peacocks are giant killers. Cinderella lives in Indianapolis. Big finish! High flyer! On the rock attack! A deep one. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, excuse me! He got him! St. Peter's has done the unthinkable. The Peacock, they're going to the Sweet 16. Dickinson lines it up. Bottom Chandler upstairs for the flush. Jumper got it. Slam down. Manic with a crow man's chair. Drumming for the lead. Got it. The Peacocks keep strutting their stuff. This miracle run continues for St. Peter's. The Peacocks make history. brings it to you better than the one and only Iron Eagle of CBS Sports as we crank up hour number two of the Press Box on a Friday. Episode number 310, week number five, or it's the fifth episode of week number 62 it is inside the Press Box. Mike Grace, Breakline Optic Studios, J.D. Byers, Down in Mobile, best wishes to Chris Stewart, a little under the weather. Iron Eagle, what in the wide, wild world of sports is going on with you, brother? Hey, Mike, J.D., Man, that felt like the the recording for my eulogy. You Thank have a, you so much. Did you have a little fun the last couple of weeks? Oh my goodness! I don't think I realized it until I heard that cut up. That's uh, that's going to put all things in perspective, no doubt. It it was a blast, and every year it's the same mentality going in prepared and ready and more often than not, you get some blowouts, uh, you get some lopsided games. And this year in particular, I just got a bunch of classic, classic storylines. So a lot of fun. So the uh, the intro you did here there, it's available in two eight tracks, two cassettes or two LPs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to I want to play that if I can just on a loop in my life. I go to the dry cleaners and I just play that as I walk in and get them pumped up to give me my start shirts. There you go. Uh, I and Eagle, thank you so much for joining us and the dance and, you know, great broadcast partners around and obviously great venues as well. Indianapolis and Philadelphia of, of the two. Just curious which one uh, facility wise or the matchups you were able to broadcast. Which ones did you like better this year? Yeah, different vibes in both Indianapolis. Uh, I really think there was this release for yeah. anyone that was in that city a year ago that couldn't attend the NCAA tournament, and they just came in droves. Uh, Jim Spinarkle and I looked at one another just before the tip-off of the first game and said, this is amazing. Think about what was happening around the country a year ago. Think about what was happening with the NCAA tournament all in one city, albeit different venues. But you didn't have the the one part of, of the equation that usually fuels the juice and that's the fans. So uh, I just thought it was fitting for for us, the group that that we have, to be there a year later. We had spent so much time in our individual rooms. We were not allowed to meet. Everything was done via Zoom. Couldn't go to the practices in 2021. And there was a little bit of PTSD when you got to the hotel. It was the same hotel that we stayed in the year before. And you walk in like, oh, yeah, forgot. I was here two weeks and I really got to know my 
Uber Eats <laughs> delivery guy well. Uh, it, it just it was completely different. It was a 180 degree switch. So I think Indy just felt like the NCAA tournament again. And then the Philadelphia venue turned into something that I've seen over the years in the tournament where a lower seed goes on a surprising run and you get that swing vote. So everybody that was there representing UCLA and North Carolina became St. Peter's fans. And I don't think this basketball team ever had this many people rooting for them at one time. This is not a team that plays in large arenas. They're not used to big crowds. And all of a sudden, inside uh, the Philadelphia Wells Fargo Center, the Peacocks felt the love from 85% of the people that were there. Other than the 15% that rep- represented Purdue, uh, you could just feel this groundswell. So that was a really cool moment, and their whole run was was pretty magical. Ah, and you kind of started this conversation talking about uh, you know the unpredictability uh, of it and what we love about March Madness. you got to take us back to, to, to pregame prior to that matchup with number two seed Kentucky and number yep. 15 seed St. Peter's and, and, and what you guys thought going into that matchup. I mean, come on, Kentucky's going to cruise, right? Yeah. Yeah. We we're all conditioned in, in some way, shape or form as an announcer to go into games and think, okay, what are the options here? If this is a great game, my mentality is going to be this. If this is a blowout, my mentality is going to be this. I still need to inform. I still need to entertain. I still need to tell the stories of these kids. It's the biggest moment of their basketball careers. And certainly with lower seeds, I feel a certain sense of responsibility to at least give them their moment in the sun. Even if a 14, 15, 16 seed is losing by 25 points in the second half, I just don't go into fill mode for the higher seed. If anything, I go the other way because we know the higher seed is going to advance. So often what ends up happening is the game starts and you have these three phases of an upset. The first phase is, all right, can they hang? Can they hang? Can they keep this within arm's length? Can this be a seven, eight, nine point game for most of the first half and give you a fighting chance in the second half to have a a real fun game? broadcast the second part is okay can they really be competitive can can this game go down to the wire can this game start opening some eyes around the country where people begin tuning in and finding your broadcast because it's a five-point game it's a 215 matchup and then the third phase is wait could they actually win could they win the game is there any set of circumstances that you believe this team can win. So they checked the box on the first two. And now the third one is the toughest one. Having done the tournament for 24 years, you get lower seeds that can hang, that can be competitive, but can they actually win? And that was the part with St. Peter's that really blew me away. How they carried themselves, the command they had going into overtime. Kentucky got tighter and tighter and tighter, and St. Peter's got more confident. And there's no doubt, I mean, our whole broadcast crew went in with the idea, okay, if it goes the way we think it's going to go, we have some things in the kitty if we need it. And we never needed it because the game was fantastic. Wow. And you guys delivered it 
so well. Ian Eagle with us, CBS Sports, uh, and you know had the the great matchups as we just mentioned: Indianapolis, Philadelphia, St. Peter's in their run, though, and we got to see some of those great calls and the Peacocks when we introduced you and brought you into the program on this episode. That's pretty close to your stomping grounds, though, if I'm not mistaken. What do you know or remember about that gymnasium and now a program looking for another head coach? Guys, if if I drove you through Jersey City, if we met up at Newark Airport and I said, hey, let's take a ride. I'm going to take you through Jersey City and we're going to go see St. Peter's University. You say, oh, great, great. So one of you, uh, I don't know who would call shotgun. One of you would get in the front seat. Mike, I, I have a feeling you would, would call shotgun. Oh, yeah, I've, so, got, the, I've got the longer yeah. legs. Is that fair? So, yeah, yeah no? I've got the longer legs. Much so I'm, I'm going to need to go uh, in front seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So uh, we have that set up now. We're driving through Jersey City. And if I said, well, there it is, you go, where? Where is it? Where, where's where's St. Peter's University? I said, right there. We just passed it. It's right there. And you'd say, wait, the building? That building right there? That's St. Peter's? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you'd say, that's all of it? And I'd say, yeah, that's it. Like, you would not believe if Kentucky fans knew what we were talking about. Because it's hard to visualize. You get the bracket, and let's face it, most people fill out the bracket. They don't know a whole lot about the schools. They either go with chalk because that's what their instinct is telling them, or they like the name of a certain school, and they're not even familiar with it, but they – they put it in their in their bracket, and they're like, all right, I'll watch the games. Let's see what happens. I'd say the majority of people that got the bracket initially looked at St. Peter's and said, I have no idea where this school is. I don't know their nickname. I don't know their head coach. I don't know anything about them. And they picked Kentucky, and that was the end of that. That was the whole thought process behind it. The reality of it, it's a very small school. It's really more of a commuter school. And the fact that they pulled off this upset, when we put it into context, it's going to go down as one of the biggest upsets in this tournament's history. And it's something that Kentucky's going to have to live with. Uh, it sticks with you. There's no getting around it. And for St. Peter's, it makes your program. Can they sustain it? It's going to be hard. They lose their head coach to Seton Hall. Uh, it seemed like such an obvious move, even before they went on this run. He was going to get that job. He went to Seton Hall. Jim Spinarkle and I did the game in 2000 in Buffalo when Shaheen Holloway led Seton Hall to an upset win over Oregon in overtime. He had the game-winning shot with 1.5 left on the clock. Uh, So there's history there. It makes a lot of sense. But maybe, just maybe, it gives them enough uh, credibility moving forward that there's a kid out there that didn't know what St. Peter's was, and now they think twice about their recruitment, and they give it a shot because they saw this this ridiculous, magical carpet ride take place in 2022. As strange as it may sound, Ian, I have actually broadcast a, a basketball game, a women's game, from St. Peter's Arena. And, and I mean, I say arena. arena. I say arena with quotation marks because yeah. I'm telling you, you, it, 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 you could not confuse it, or you could confuse it, I suppose, with the uh, gymnasium from uh, Teen Wolf. I mean, yes. it's just a high school gym. <laughs> Uh, it's just you know how to get gym. to me yeah no <laughs> team wolf uh, one of my favorites i uh i think it's hard for people to really visualize but it basically is a high school gym and there are many high school gyms i've been to that are bigger 
than that and have, uh, you know, a better setup than than St. Peter's. And by the way, they've redone things. They, they've made it better. It was much worse. I don't even know when you were last there, but it is a little bit better. They have made improvements. They put some money into it. Uh, but that's a great it's a great way to put it. It's it's really hard to to compare because it would be the ultimate David Goliath in terms of facilities in college basketball to compare Kentucky and St. Peter's. So Ian Eagles with us here on this episode of the press box at one of the best times of the year as we go into the final four. Uh, and of course, next week's master's weeks, it doesn't get any better than that. We take you out of a slippery slope. Hope you'll comment. If you don't, I would understand though, as we zero in on new Orleans, what's up with Eric church, the uh, country artist canceled an entire show. <laughs> yes. Very controversial topic for me in my household. Uh, we, we've just been going on and on about this topic. I I think it's a mistake, personally. I love his passion. I love that he's doing it. But you got people that were banking on going to your concert. They spent good money. They've yeah, been waiting, exactly. waiting, and waiting, and waiting. You know, there's certainly a way for you to incorporate it into your show and have some fun with it, but not let these people down. But Hey, that's my perspective. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Every man, woman for themselves. Or, or find a find a date somewhere in the tour or the end of the tour. Tack one on or something. Yeah, for those fans. Yeah, yeah and something. maybe they will. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. he'll he'll make it up to people. I I don't know, but uh, that was a tough one, and that was very it was very public, very quickly. Yeah, like, yeah. Duke, North Carolina. The the moment North Carolina won the game to advance, I feel like I was getting tweets sent to me like hey did you see this yeah, yeah eric church yeah. is going he's already came. I'm like, what he already knows like he he was ready at the moment you know when people are are looking to book flights and they're just waiting for the game to go final and they have their finger on the button on their computer to lock it in yeah we're going honey i just did it we're going we're on the flight 8 35 a.m we're gonna get there we're gonna check into the hotel like, that's what it felt like with him. The second it ended, uh, the tweet went out, I will not be having a concert that night. I'll be attending Duke, North Carolina. More power to him, I hey, guess. Let's get to the matchups. You saw Carolina clinch that 21st, record 21st Final Four. How unbelievable is it that these two programs, the Tobacco Road rivalry, have met 257 previous times, but never in the NCAA tournament? It's it's one of those double takes, guys, because, look, we all follow college basketball. We're all familiar with Tobacco Road. We're familiar with the Blue Bloods, all of it. All those storylines have been pumped into the ether over the last 40 years. Yet, even if you're a college basketball fanatic, there was that moment where you said to yourself, wait, really? Never? Ever? They've never played in the NCAA tournament. So pretty incredible considering – Mike Krzyzewski's last dance and what happened the last time they played at Cameron Indoor and now what's at stake and the legacy for uh, these two programs to add another chapter. I had it in the back of my mind, of course, when I'm doing North Carolina, St. Peter's, but you don't want to shortchange the matchup that's in front of you. It became pretty obvious that St. Peter's didn't have answers for North Carolina. They were very well prepared. They were very well coached. Give credit to Hubert Davis and that staff. Hubert is very close with King Rice, the head coach at Monmouth. And Monmouth plays St. Peter's at least twice a year, sometimes three times. This year they played 
in the conference championship game in the MAC. And I would pretty much guarantee you that Hubert Davis was very familiar with St. Peter's, more so maybe than any of the other coaches that played against St. Peter's in the NCAA tournament. So you look at North Carolina and you look at their storyline. Their season was so bizarre in how it evolved. They were uh, not playing at a very high level for the majority of the year. It it seemed broken. There were people in Chapel Hill that were questioning Hubert Davis and whether or not he could do this job after taking over for legendary Roy Williams. And then things just clicked. Dawson Garcia left the program. And look, sometimes it is addition by subtraction. And who knows the behind the scenes on that? I know he had some family members that were not doing well. His grandmother passed away. So we certainly feel for him. But ever since that, the team has gone on a run and the chemistry has been through the roof and they felt a little bit of that underdog persona. And I know that's strange to say for North Carolina, because I don't know if we've ever called them underdogs, but this season, that's how they saw themselves. And I think that helped them and benefited them when they played St. Peter's. St. Peter's was the underdog darling. And yet North Carolina was was thinking, hey, hold my beer. I, we already felt this. We already know this emotion. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it paid off. They're, uh, they're playing great basketball. Uh, Duke is stacked with talent. Uh, I, I think it has a chance to be a real classic. We got to wrap up for a hard break here, but Ian Eagle, I'm going to set you up. You give me the line. We needed you on the show yesterday. Andy Bertram was telling us about the rough landing into Baton Rouge, and he said it made matters worse because when he got to the rental car counter, there was no rental car. Mm. The reservation. You don't want to take the reservation. <laughs> you just don't know how to keep the reservation. And that's yes. really the most important part. It might be. Our I, I would think it's the most important part. Uh, 15 seconds. Who you yes. got? Who's, who's your national champ, Ian? Uh, I got Duke beating Kansas in the national champ. I like it, my Coronation. Friend. We love you, brother. Thanks so much. Wow. All the best. Thank you. So much fun. Thanks, you bet, guys. You bet. Ian Eagle again. You. The great Ian Eagle. CBS Sports. Busy with us, slowly boys, here inside the press box. Man, that just makes my day. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page, online at PressBoxRadio.com, or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the press box.